0: We're back. Hi. Episode two. It's really like one. It is one. But please listen to our intro because I think it will give you a good feel for who this we is are. It's so fun. It is fun. <laughs> this one's going to be fun too. Mm-hmm. I just, um, I'm so glad you came back. If you, or if this is your first time tuning in, this is Diary of a Therapist. And our heart for developing this really was that... Things with therapy and ethics and all the things are not ever just black and white. Like, yeah. And the things that we see, sometimes we just need a place to vent it out. So here we are. Yeah. Our diary in live form, podcast form. <laughs> <laughs> so I admitted something really, uh, I think, significant. I agree. On the introduction episode about clients and boundaries and access to us as therapists and I think that that in this day and age where we have i mean you could send all but a carrier pigeon you know you have <laughs> TikTok it's real i mean some people might attempt it but like TikTok you've got Instagram yeah. Facebook phone message you know i mean like everything like email phone calls i mean there's just so many ways that we stay connected as a culture and i think what's healthy with clients mm-hmm. is something that we should
1: maybe dialogue about. How accessible should you be? How accessible should you be? Mm-hmm. It's a good place to jump off. It of. is.
0: Here we are in silence. I think we're waiting for the, the other people to answer that for us, right? No, no, <laughs> no. We're not. We're getting our. We're going to answer. We're getting our Get thoughts it. together. We're going to answer it. No, actually, I think it is. It's so interesting because we were just talking about this offline, but the gray of so much of this is worth the conversation. Yeah, and I think like. So I was sharing a story. For those of you who may not have listened to the intro, I'll just give you a quick recap. But as a, as a client texting me the week of Christmas, suicidal ideation, and me wanting to set a boundary. And how do you set a boundary to preserve your recharge, your your ability to take mm-hmm. a vacation? And not feel like you abandon your client. And not feel like you abandon your client. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, how do we do that in a way that's healthy, That's good stewardship of the person and of ourselves because burnout, we're going to talk about that down the road, is significant. Like taking care of self-care, like how you manage yourself is important.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we looked at – I'm just going to read this real quick. The ACA Code of Ethics, A12, talks about abandonment and client neglect. And we're choosing to look at that um, little snippet of – The Ethics Code, in this episode, it says counselors do not abandon or neglect clients in counseling. Counselors assist in making appropriate arrangements for the continuation of treatment when necessary during interruptions such as vacation, illness, and following termination. Um, You know, we said in the first um, episode or our intro episode that, like, there's a lot of gray area in ethics. And so we thought that it was a good bridge to talk about what Cass just experienced um, with this guy that was texting her during Christmas and that feeling of maybe am i providing good care am i abandoning the client if i set a boundary here mm-hmm. and i think a lot of counselors have been in that position where it's like how do we provide that good care that balance that we want not feel like we abandon the client but when we're specifically dealing with acute care clients right and so certainly suicide is something that feels like acute yeah. care where it's like you know you want to be available you want them to feel supported but you know the timing of it um in your personal life did not match up well and it's like you needed a break. It seems obvious that most people would want to take a break off a day or two before Christmas and just kind of get into that with our families mm-hmm. and be present with yeah. our families and yeah. our kids. Um, but how do we adhere to that ethical boundary of not having the client maybe even feel abandoned? And, you know, this this ethics code doesn't talk about the feeling of abandonment. It just says, here, don't, yeah. don't do that. Uh, make appropriate <laughs> arrangements. Well, well, what is what that? What's an appropriate arrangement? That's right. What's an appropriate arrangement? So. We just kind of want to jump into that and yeah. talk about that balance today.
0: Well, and I think in the state of Texas, just knowing that code for LPCs, if that's you, and probably other other um, states as well, but it's three referrals. It's giving them three referrals so that they have a choice, so that they have options, yeah. that they're able to, um, you're not just saying, hey, go see Jess, or you're saying, go see Cass, and, yeah. and we're, that you're able to give them choices. Um, can I, Can I confess something about that?
1: You're gonna confess a lot on here, aren't I you? think I am. Yeah, yeah.
0: But sometimes, when it's a client that I know is difficult, I wouldn't put your name down. <laughs> I would put someone else's name down. That may not have been as nice or kind. <laughs> is that
1: real? That's real. That's authentic. Well, that's you protecting me because it we're is protecting friends. you.
0: But I'm like, <laughs> I'm not gonna send you to one of my people that I like. I'm gonna send you to someone else. Just because you've been difficult you with them. me, you're gonna be difficult with them, you know? Yeah. One of my supervisors the other day was telling me about a horrible case. She's like, You want them? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, please do not please do not send them to me. I do not want them. Yeah. But I think we do need to think about this in terms of and you know what I find? Most therapists that I meet, good ones, are in it. Yeah. Like this isn't a job. This isn't uh yeah. like a paycheck. This yeah. isn't like they are it, – it, it, the ethics get really um, – not muddy because it's not muddy. We operate ethically, period. Yeah. But it's the fact of it's hard when you're thinking about Susie or John or Terry or Bill or Dana. You know, you're thinking about a person. You're not thinking about, mm-hmm. oh, well – you're trying please to do a story. appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, so this person's suicidal, doesn't have anyone else. It's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you know mm-hmm. that there's very little support on their end. Mm-hmm. And you're going to then just be like, hey, like, deuces. Like, it's Christmas. Don't. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> please don't talk to me. It's like, no, because I think that would be abandonment. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, you want to give them some option of mm-hmm. some outlet.
1: Mm-hmm. Sometimes.
0: Sometimes. And you also, though, this is a tricky thing. Let's bring this in. Why not add one more piece of mud to the water? But is that, um, you know, and in that you want to be like, just go to the hospital. Which you we can just mean? say, right? You can't just say. Just do that? Yeah, just go. Right, see ya. Mm-hmm. Don't let the door hit ya. Mm-hmm. But it's like, wow, that feels pretty cold
1: mm-hmm.
0: when you're in it with the person. Yeah. So how do you do this? How do we do this? Let's transition to how. How do you do it? Um, mm-hmm.
1: there's a lot of different ways there's a lot
0: i think that it really how you interact with a client from the intake yeah from the moment they call your office is going to determine your relationship so mm-hmm. if you allow something early you have to expect yourself or the client to want to allow it later mm-hmm. so in the beginning of my practice i used to be the one that would take the calls Mm -hmm. And I would sit on those calls for 30, 45 Mm -hmm. minutes with somebody, basically have a full-on session, and they'd be like, you know, I'm okay now. I feel better. (laughs) I don't need to schedule. You know, and it's like one of those things that once they set that precedence, so that I would be the one answering the phone, I Mm -hmm. would be the one helping them. I would, it was like when I did not The illusion of a left one. Yes, it was the illusion. So it's like setting this precedence of, hey, here's in your disclosures. I think your disclosures need to be really clear. And if you haven't really looked at them or had hand in what they say, if you work at another practice um, or anything, I think you really need to know, what do I want to allow And this is what me and my client are going to agree to, and that's also in the Code of Ethics, but in your disclosures, like that's what you're agreeing to, and
1: that's a document that protects you Mm -hmm. and them. Yeah, so what feels like abandonment for you as the provider, knowing what that feels like in your body? It would Mm. feel like abandonment Mm. if, right? It Mm. would feel like abandonment if I didn't take their call on Christmas Day. Does that feel like abandonment or not? Because for, for some therapists, they're like, no, that doesn't feel like abandonment at all. But for other therapists, they may say, yeah, I know their story. I know what's going on in their lives. So that would feel like abandonment. Mm -hmm. And so it's knowing that first in your own body, right, before you're trying to apply that to your clientele and saying like, oh, but now how does it feel, right, with Susie? How does it feel in her particular story? Do I want to be more available or more accessible? Mm. And making sure that our boundary lines are really good and solid across those states with each of our clients or where we do have some that we feel, a lot more connected to you and some that maybe we feel a little bit more distanced from, but still are a good fit for them as a therapist, you know? And I think that that bridges over past, you know, just like the idea of abandonment, but into this almost people-pleasing. So how are you finding balance in that idea of like, now am I so far off of not, okay, no, um, there's not a risk of abandonment, but now there's this risk of actually functioning as a counselor and people-pleasing or codependently.
0: Well, and I, I think you're speaking to the queen of the codependence right here. I mean, I'll admit It's hard. That's hard with my story and my upbringing, like a lot of it, like for me to feel like I have to tell you no, or like I can't be available. Like, and that was the question you asked me. We talked about in the intro, but it's like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, and not why, but it's like, what makes that hard for you? You're going to have to do some self-exploration. Yeah, And I think as therapists, we never stop doing that. It's like, we shouldn't.
1: Please because don't. like we don't want our clients to outgrow us, right? So you've got to keep moving yeah. forward. You got to keep educating. You've got to keep evaluating. And I think that's the beauty of authentic care. It's all, its the beauty of a friendship like this, yeah. where we're looking at one another and saying, "Are you being the best that you can be?" Even in these real stories and these real experiences that you're having with your own clients, mm-hmm. where you know, hopefully, you know, there the you know the audience that we're talking to right now, hopefully, you've developed or are at least thinking about developing. Um, lifelines for yourself where you're saying who's the person that's calling me up that's calling me higher that's pouring into me because without that i think we're at risk yes to maybe even being dysfunctional in our own practices right. well know? and
0: how many therapists get into therapy this is pet peeve like how many therapies oh, get into therapy because they don't want to do work their on their own self oh it's so true it's, and so it's like true. we don't want to i'm good i'm just going to help you with your stuff i'm uh-huh. not going to deal with mine uh-huh. um no not on my watch Thank you very
1: much. No, but that's why I think it's so brave, you know, when we have those conversations where you say like, "Hey, this was the thought that came up whenever, you know, this this call came through for me, this client calling during Christmas. This is what came up in my body." And that's why I think it's important to talk about those very real things, right? Mm-hmm. It's like whenever we are owning that and we're saying like yeah, this is what really happened in my life in this moment, and how do I navigate that? Yeah, I feel like that opens up this space for such a deeper, authentic care for our own clients because we're willing to do that work. We're willing to admit how it really feels in us. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and I think – but that so models for our clients um, what they can expect from us too. I think, like, I'm transparent with my clients, which is a whole other conversation, but it's like I'm transparent about – hey, I am working through my own... I have a therapist. I tell yeah. all my clients that in the very beginning. Yeah, I, I have a therapist, that. and I don't want to work it out here with you. I want to be working out over there with my therapist yeah. where I should be, not... as so if I ever yeah. violate... But I think you do a good thing, and I think it's unique, but I think it's really necessary for the population that you work with. But you give them your number. Yeah, like they have access. Mm-hmm. And you were just sharing a minute ago, and I think this is really cool. You say, none of my clients really will text me, hey, I'm at the grocery store. Hi, you need anything? You know, it's yeah, not like yeah, this it's banal, like, like yeah. generic. They're texting you in a true need, yes. you know? And I think you setting the precedence for that at the get-go and explaining that to them is powerful, you know? And I think that knowing you, you'd set a boundary. And I think that's, part of what makes ethics work is that we have perpetual conversations oh definitely so if someone said to you i'm at the grocery store you'd probably see them the next time and be like hey listen in the future Mm -hmm. please don't take my attention in time for something like that like if you're in trouble and you need me i'm there sure but if you're going to text me about the weather i I really that is a distraction from me really investing in things that i need to invest in including Mm -hmm. my family
1: well i think that that's part of the realness too I am real with my clients that like I have days where I'm completely off, like I'm completely out of it. Like usually on, on Thursdays or Fridays, I don't work full days on Thursdays, so on Thursday afternoons sometimes um, I just go home, get straight into my PJs, and it's just like I'm totally off, right? And I just like I'm with my kids, I'm I'm not in clinic brain. But my family also knows that whenever I'm clinic in clinic brain, I'm completely in clinic brain. Yeah. And for me, that's the way that I've struck the balance. And that probably doesn't work for everyone, but for me, it's it's learning that about myself and saying I need to go all in on this, and then I need to be able to be all in on that. So unless a client's calling me, you know, in a true crisis when I'm with my family, I'm not trying to respond to those like, hey, can we reschedule? Can yeah, we? I'm yeah. not interested in any of that. Like that's just going to have to wait. And a lot of times, I won't respond to those types of inquiries during you know non-working hours yeah. because I think that that even in a, of itself. Provides a response and provides yes. um, a Attention. type of a boundary. I say yes. it, it's yeah. not a boundary unless it's communicated. Well, right, but come like on. you get the ability later on whenever you're, you're connecting with them to say, "Hey, I know you texted me. I didn't respond. Here's why." Right? Yeah. And so I think that that can um, it's teaching. It, it affects the boundary um, and. The level of care that you're providing to your client, where they start to understand, oh, this is how this right. dynamic works. This is because how it works. Clients come in not knowing that. I yeah. mean, I don't. How know, would like you, they know? Right? How would they know? I've had clients that think that it would be acceptable. Like, can we still go? Like, could we go get dinner together? Could we go get? And you have to explain, like, no, my ethics prevents me right. from doing that.
0: Right. Well, and that's just. So I have two things I want to highlight in what you said. One is that, like, that speaks volumes that clients would want to go to dinner with you you know what i mean like i think that that is obviously i want to go to dinner with you anytime you can anytime but okay but it's the fact that like that says that you've allowed them to feel seen and heard and understood so much so that that they would want to give you their personal time or spend more time with you it feels feels good to them but the other thing i want to just commend is that you model this well for me is that like Yes, that clinic brain on-off switch or family on-off switch may not work for everyone. Mm-hmm. But you, I, what I have learned in time of knowing you is the delineation of the two is very stark for you mm-hmm. in a good way. It's like when you – and I just want to say if if and to all your clients, they get the best of you. I mm-hmm. know that. Because you. when That's you're so in there, you're in there. Yeah, and yeah. you're not distracted. You're not thinking about something else. Like your office staff and your family – like, they get everybody to rally around them, your clients. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they know that, you know, is that everybody's on your side to make sure that you're 110% present. Yeah. And that's powerful.
1: Well, it's a protected and sacred space for me. I mean, people are coming in doing some of the most amazing deep healing work they deserve to have that undivided attention yeah. when they're in care. It's different. It's different. It, you know, therapy, good therapy, I think, is different than what you would experience in any other type of of human dynamic and relationship because it i'm is. not just a good friend but i want you to come in and i want you to feel that peace and that connection like you would with a friend but i also want to be able to earn um access to places in your heart and places in your story that might be difficult for you to give to other people so that real healing can occur yeah, yeah it's beautiful mm.
0: it's so good do we do we need to talk about anything else when it comes to boundaries ethics
1: no, no, I'm really excited about the next episode. So. Do you know
0: you just gave a quote, though? Can I rewind no. that I say all the time? What do you say? A boundary isn't a boundary unless it's communicated. I say it all the time, too. It's Why are you my sibling? Like, it's a wall, though, right? It is. Isn't it? Because you know what I think? When you put up a boundary with somebody and you don't tell them about it, they do. They bump into it and bump into it and bump into it like it a people. piece of glass. Yeah, and then you're irritated. 'Cause you're like, Why are you coming at me? Why are you coming at my boundary? And then they're like, Bang, bang, yeah. bang. But if you say to them, Hey, I just wanna let you know, like, I'm not gonna talk to you on Thursday night. Mama's yeah. in her jammies with her kids. That's right. Like I'm not trying to reschedule your appointment for three <laughs> weeks from now you know, I'm home. I'm doing <laughs> It's not going it. to happen. Not going to happen. But if you say that to them, then they know there's not a fence, there's not room, and there's not room for division. There's not room for right. um, this space to just get icky. Because honestly, like I get agitated. You know, you're agitated when someone yeah. keeps banging against your boundary that you've set. Why are you doing that? You, I already told you. Yeah. And so I think that is such a powerful thing like a boundary isn't a boundary unless you communicate it. And I think as therapists, if you don't have the capability to communicate clearly to your clients a boundary, then you have some assessment to do of yourself. Absolutely. And just like me in that first story, I, I have assessment to do of myself as to what makes that difficult.
1: Yeah. doesn't
0: mean I'm not going to do it, but what makes it difficult? And I think that's powerful to explain.
1: Yeah, I think I would add one in kind of closing, but I think I would add that boundaries protect against abandonment right? Because if you've established really good boundaries with your clients and you've been forthright about what those kind of conditions look like, when there are situations, if we've done that well, when there are situations that are hard, like you've got a client calling you on Christmas, you know, when those hard situations come up, a lot of times it's easier in those dynamics to continue to boundary set. And then hopefully we have protected our client against that feeling of abandonment because they haven't banged up against these arbitrary walls, right? They've built trust and we modeled for them, hey, we're gonna do this with you and you can do this with other people. You can say no, you can set a boundary. You can tell them I'm off call and I'm in my jammies and that's okay, you don't have to always show up. You don't have to keep showing up out of obligation. But the beauty of it is we don't either as counselors. Yes, I don't have to show up out of obligation. I'm gonna love you well and I'm gonna be here and I'm gonna give you the best of who I am when we're together. And when you need me, even outside of that, I'll do my best to be there. But I also can't give away the best parts of who I am as a human because my family deserves that. Well,
0: say that again
1: for the people in the back.
0: It's true, (laughs) you can't give it away.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's our take on boundaries and abandonment. There it is. Yeah.
0: This episode may not have been as fun as the first, but just wait. We're going to make ethics fun for you every single time. And we're going to bring real stories, real life things. It
1: is fun. It is
0: fun. It's
1: a cool thing to talk about.
0: It is cool because people don't know how to do it well. And I think just chatting about it is good.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Okay.
0: Well, next episode, I'm excited to bring an expert on with us. Mm-hmm. um to talk about how we're going to set boundaries and how I think people in the church that come from ministry background and people who are in clinical background how what are the differences and how yeah. do we help them set boundaries so um stay tuned yeah